0: Welcome to the Facts or What Matter podcast, where we discuss the lies, the myths, and the propaganda being promoted by the media and society. Let's all be informed, not uninformed, or even worse, misinformed. Here we go. Welcome to the Facts for What Matter. I'm your host, Tace Winford, and in this episode, we're joined by Wendy Strock Mahoney. Wendy writes for Uncovered DC. And one of our main focus areas has been covering election integrity issues. Now, I'll post some links to our articles in the show notes for you to check it out. Um, welcome to the podcast, Wendy, and thanks so much for being here.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: So I know this is a really broad area and we'll probably only be able to hit parts of it today for the last couple of years have been quite a bit of behind the scenes effort to one, prove that there was election fraud in the 2020 election. And number two, to try to get States to enact policies and procedures and to prevent some of that from happening again. So Wendy, what can you tell us about some of the things that you found in some of your uh, investigations?
1: Well, there are a number of issues here. Um, You know, if you remember back to 2020, Uh, There was a lot of, um, you know, stuff happening quickly after the election. Trump, of course, was jockeying to prove that there was fraud. He was a little bit late to the game, probably was not the time to be doing it. Um, Calling in Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis and uh, Sidney Powell. And then, you know, Mike Lindell joined in. And so there was a lot of talk about machines and PCAPs and um, you know, uh, the count stopping and what happened. And and uh, then, of course, you know, shortly thereafter, beginning in 2021, uh, Arizona started to move ahead pretty quickly with asking for this forensic audit. And it was the first and only audit of its kind, really, in American history. Um, you know, they took 2.1 million ballot images in Maricopa County and investigated all aspects of that election. Um, didn't get a whole lot of cooperation from the Maricopa Board of Supervisors. Um, really had a tough time with the governor and this AG and the Secretary of State. They did figure out a lot of things, though. But I would say the 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 main thing that I've learned in all of the research and articles that I've written is that Number one, um, the PCAPS—they're—they're—they're they're, they're not a thing. I mean, i i, I, I don't—I don't think that that. As much as I love Mike Lindell, and I think he's doing an amazing job, and I, you will never find me on social media throwing him under the bus, because he's done so many good things, um, and he's one of the only people to actually invest money besides maybe Patrick Byrne and a couple others um, in this election. Um, you know, that focus on the machines, probably not the place to look. Right. Um,
0: And real quick, PCAP, that's, is that, that's the uh, internet traffic, right? Is that what that is?
1: Yeah. he, He was saying that, you know, he was tracking internet traffic in real time and going over to China and servers and all of this other stuff. And Frankly, I mean, in my opinion, and not only in my opinion, people I've spoken to probably know, um, you know, in the intelligence community, former intelligence people, um, that probably was a disinformation campaign, which is is what our media and what politicians and what social media has been doing, by the way, is throwing information in there to distract people from the real problems and um it, it actually ended up being a, a a very bad thing because people were focused on that, didn't really understand what it was, and then in the meantime, all this other very real stuff was going on with the machines and ballot trafficking and right. voter rolls and um ballot miscounts and ballots missing envelopes and mail in ballots and drop boxes and laws being changed last minute, uh, or not laws, but um, secretaries of state overriding legislatures and um, laws last minute because of the quote-unquote pandemic. So um, a lot of that that happened in the beginning was very confusing to people, and much of it has settled out into a nice rhythm. And uh, at this point, if you're really following it, there's a lot of things that are very meaningful and that people should know about with regard to our elections and how it can be stolen. And this has been going on for decades, much of it. Um, and really it was a death by a thousand cuts. Right. There are very many, many ways to steal an election, um, but machines make it easier to steal. Um, it, it gives them, you um, it, it, it gives the nefarious actors a way to scale the steel. Right. To scale up the steel. You don't
0: have a whole you don't have to have a whole bunch of people filling in ballots and sticking them in boxes to do it. You have to you can just if you can if you can get access to the machines and manipulate the data in the machines, you can you can hit a bunch of machines and get a bunch of votes really, really quickly.
1: Right. Yeah. And you can backfill ballots from dirty voter rolls. And every single vote, every single voter roll in our country, uh, every in every state is dirty. Um, we, we do not clean our voter rolls properly. There's a lot of resistance to doing it. Um, there's a lot of resistance to even thinking it's a problem. You know, now with Eric, which is the, you know, the company, basically the entity run by progressives, you know, Becker and, and his lot, you um, now they, they basically have access to a bunch of data that I don't think they're using in, in very yeah. honest or transparent ways. And um, the states that are using it probably should stop using that okay. system.
0: And what is that again? You said ERIC?
1: Yeah, ERIC is – is um, I forget the what it, the acronym stands for. I can look it up. But it, it basically is the system – that, quote unquote, provides the checks and balances for uh, the state's voter roll. So it, 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 it kind of, um, it, 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 it says that it can help clean states' voter rolls because so it collects data, and then um, you can verify your state against this system. Let me see what
0: the so it's supposed to like balance. Look at this. State voter rolls and balance those against, say, the Social Security and the death yeah. deaths and Ex- things like that?
1: Right. It's the Electronic Registration Information Center. So okay. the mission, uh, a stated mission is to—it's a nonprofit with sole mission of assisting states to improve the accuracy of America's voter rolls and increase access to voter registration for all eligible citizens— It's governed and managed by states who choose to join. So you can choose. um, And um, I don't know. I think there's about half of the states have joined it. But it's run by political operatives. And, you know, anybody who tells you it's not is not telling the truth. Um, it, It collects. So each member state submits its voter registration motor vehicle licensee data and the data includes names, addresses, date of birth, last four digits of social security. Private data such as date of birth, last four digits of social security are protected. Um, but you know we all know how people can hack things and use things, um, and so it's it's a data matching process. So it's it's kind of a way to reconcile what the state has and what Eric has collected as an umbrella organization over right. time, but. The point is that it's collected a lot of data, and now it has a lot of data on people, and um, it can just as easily use that data to hurt voters as it cannot. So, right.
0: So now I they have trust. now now they now they have a list of people, and uh, they have a valid, somewhat valid list of people which before they may not have had that. So now there's actually in one spot organized in one database, all this giant list of people. So that's.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a database of information on voters and, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's a nonprofit, but it's run by political operatives and I'm not sure I want my information stored in that database.
0: And so weren't weren't there issues with these nonprofits, these 501c3s and 501c4s? They got a they they pumped a lot of money. A lot of money got pumped into the election through those organizations, right? Through Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg had the um, I forgot the name of it. Um, his, yeah, C T L. Yeah. Yeah,
1: C-E-R-R. I have written a series of articles, probably six or seven, and there are hundreds of these organizations that are dedicated to getting out the vote they're supposed to be nonpartisan. they're not right. um, there aren't very many conservative ones true the vote is one of them um, although they are i think true the vote is actually actually really trying to be objective about what they do they really i think want to have give uh, you know, they don't. They, they, they want to be agnostic about whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. They their sole purpose is to make sure that the elections are clean and fair and represent the voters' intention at the at the ballot box. Um, whereas some of these other ones, it partner with our U.S. government, and the U.S. government uses them to launder activities that it cannot itself do. Oh, really? Such a, yes, absolutely. I've written many, many articles uh, on that very subject, exposing, you know, the various nonprofits. And, you know, a lot of them are religious-based ones and, and, and you know, faith-based ones. And, you know, often that is a real, um, you know, that can distract people because people on the right will think, oh, it's faith-based. It's, you know, it's Christian. It's whatever. And then you come to find out that no, I mean they're 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 involved in activities they shouldn't be involved in, yeah,
0: like the Clinton Foundation, no.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, but so let's just go through some of the buckets of things that uh, people should be concerned about with re- elections. So you've got the first leg of the stool, which is the voter rolls. Right. If you don't have clean voter rolls, you cannot have a clean election. Period. End of story. And what has happened is that people move out of state, they move into a different county, they die, they reg- You know, people register to addresses like Pizza Hut, um, you know, or even mun- municipal buildings. Um, you've got. Sixteen people registered at one address who never lived there. The only way you can figure that stuff out is if you canvass, and most of the time we don't canvass. And even now, even even in when Liz Harris did her canvassing in Maricopa County, uh, she got nothing but pushback. You know, oh, you're cheating. You didn't. You know, you you're not. You're lying. You didn't really do this. You didn't really do what you said. Even though she had pictures and diagrams and you know uh, uh, Google Maps right. approved with X's marked on them, you know, um, to where 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 she found this on Indian reservations, whatever. So, you know, you have got this horrible combination of voter rolls that are dirty, a transient population, a very big country of three hundred thirty million people. You know, not all who vote, who vote, but nevertheless, um, then you've got um, uh, election uh, commissions that don't, you know, election boards that they, they don't cl- uh, clean, you know, clean the voter rolls. And then you don't do canvassing to verify who's living where, um, which is really the only way to can un- really, really know unless you make phone calls or you go actually physically to the address, which is actually the only true way you can verify that a voter is where they say they are. Right. Um, and so once you start with that, then from that, you've got what the New York city, uh, New York citizens audit found, which is um, the actual, now they found a pattern, like a, a pattern that sits below what, The people who actually look at the voter roll in the voter registration office look at to hide what's really going on with the voter rolls and how they can insert uh, ballots or or, you know ballots into the election, voters into the elections. Um, So there's no question that ballots um, are being inserted into elections of people who don't exist. And uh, there are operations to, um, you know, there, people, there are operations with people who understand how many have voted, like you can see, like you can see, uh, they can see how many people have voted Um, You know, Democrats, Republicans, and then they can stop the counting like they did and insert votes at that point in time. Or they can, you know, if if things are being uh, counted for days on end, they can insert votes after the election. I mean, all kinds of ways that they did it, uh, did that. So you've got that vector of the 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 voter rolls that are dirty. And the ability to insert phantom voters, um, you know, people have moved, dead voters, whatever, and and the fact that secretaries of state like you know Michigan and these some of these swing states who deny that that can never happen—it's just absolute BS. Right. And then you have um, you have at at the polls. You have procedures that are not being followed uh, and mix in with that voting machine companies who are have the only access, and, and you know they, they are the only people who really understand what's going on with the machines, have the access to the machines. you know they're, they're entities that are certifying the machines. Often these people have worked for these companies, voting voting machine companies like Dominion and ESNS and um all kinds of ways of operating under the radar and one one note so with the machines they are not supposed to be connected to the internet right? right right well whether they are or aren't these machines do have on their motherboards verified 100 i've i i have people who have seen it uh Bluetooth capability and wireless cards if you have Bluetooth capability and wireless cards you can connect machines within a facility so right T- don't to each have other to, yeah on the internet now a lot of them are because right. they have to connect
0: they got they yeah they gotta send their data to somebody right yeah
1: right it's not always happening by transporting a thumb drive to right. Central But even if you have Bluetooth and a Wi-Fi card, Wi-Fi access card, for example, in one of the elections, I forget which one it was. There was, I think, ESNS official or Dominion. I can't remember which one. And they were having trouble with one of the, I think it was a tabulator. And the guy went out in the hallway They they tried and tried, and the guy went out in the hallway and came back in minutes later, and he's like, all right, try it now. Fix it. I I think it's fixed. Well, what probably happened is he went out in the hallway. He called Central, you know, Dominion, wherever. Right. They sent him a file on his phone.
0: He transferred it over to the machine.
1: (laughs) Connected to the machine and installed the file. I mean, it's just simple stuff here. So, there is there are absolutely ways to access this equipment remotely. Um, Jovan Hutton Pulitzer proved it in real time. Um, it's absolutely one hundred percent possible. And again, anyone who says that you cannot access these machines and and what they're doing and and it's always the same stuff. It's you know whether it's pandemic with Fauci and Burks or whether it's these election equipment it's, you almost have to know enough to ask the right question these people, right? And right. And if you don't ask the right question, then, oh, you know, no, it's not connected to the internet. Well, maybe that piece of equipment was not connected to the internet, but it still had a Bluetooth capability that, by the way, goes out and searches for a network, which a machine like that should never have. They should never have the ability to, um, to light up and turn on and, and, and look for devices out there, Right. a voting machine, right? So, um, again, and even in their reports, I've noticed, like when I was working on this recent article with Williamson County in Georgia, I know this stuff because I've spoken with the people who were there that day, One of them is a friend of mine who is a data person, and um, she's extremely bright. She's written code. She understands source code. She understands what coding is. She understands where to look, and she understands what to look for. And she's read the manuals and the diagrams of the equipment, how everything connects, whether One device, like an RTR, has a removable media, whereas the central tabulating device does not. And what they do in these reports is they conflate terms because they know that we voters really don't know what the heck they're talking about. And they they get around things by conflating terms, by conflating the definitions They write things in these general ways, knowing that we won't know the difference one way or the other. But somebody like my friend knows and was there and was checking the work of the poll worker who caught what happened and had looked at. For example, in this Williamson County election, the the when the tabulator tape comes out at the top, it says what version of software Dominion had was using right. at the time is 5.5. The poll workers didn't even notice that they didn't. They, they didn't,
0: I mean, I mean, they might not even think about, I mean, they might not even be trained to look at that. Right. Might, I mean,
1: might not be trained. Wh- they might. Why
0: not, would you, you know, why would you Right.
1: Right. And so when you combine all of that stuff with the fact that back in the day, and and some places are still doing like that. In for example, in my county, you walk in the door, you have to present your ID. Now we all right. know some states don't require that. And then you have to sign a poll book by hand, your signature, verifying that your ID matches the address that they have. Right. In the primary here, you're given. You have to declare party, but in the general, you don't. You're given a ballot. It's blank. You go over to the BMD, which is the ballot marking device. The uh, poll worker sets whatever he does to get it to, you know, in the primary, sets whether you're Republican or Democrat. But he helps you, you know, set up the screen. The voter inserts his ballot. <clears throat> you vote on the PAT, the BMD, and then. The BMD has a counter, so keep that in mind. Then it kicks back out your ballot, and nobody notices this, but after it kicks back the ballot, there's a um, QR code or a a barcode at the top, and then next to each of your votes is a tiny little barcode indicating your selections. You take that ballot. Now, this time, I put it back in the machine to see if it reflects, and I checked all my answers and see if it reflected my vote. And then I walk over to the tabulator scanner and I put it in there. And the tabulator scanner is the thing that registers your vote, counts your vote, and says, okay, this person has voted, this is how they voted. And back in the spring, our legislators removed from, from ba- serial numbers from our ballots. Why they ever did that is ridiculous. So the tabulator counts your vote, Right. Well, a lot of the bad activity has been happening in these tabulators. And so, if you don't have a process whereby a voter comes in, they show their ID, they write on the ballot, therefore you know how many people have voted.
0: Right. You know how many people
1: are counted on the BMD. And then you know how many people are counted on the scanner. The only reason that our Williamson County knew there was something going on was because the bmd counter and the bm the this tabulator scanner tape didn't those numbers didn't match they're not allowed to look at ballots because that's ballot tampering they have to get a court order to look to count those ballots to look at those ballots to count those ballots okay right now in georgia it's only these seasoned poll workers poll admins that are following those kinds of procedures. Those are not required by the secretary of state. Like he's actually actively discouraging people to do that because he says, just check the machines.
0: And this is roffensberger who's by the way, a, a Republican, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: So why would they do that? Why would they, why would people, why would they kind of systematically train people over time not to do the checks and balances that they used, they used to do. Remove uh, vo- uh, IDs from the process. Remove, um, you know, physical signatures in a book, not a poll pad, but right. a book from the process. Um, not check signatures. I mean, the, some states are not, you know, they don't have qualified people to check them. They don't have, they, they're not checking signatures so what I'm saying is, the second leg of this this chair is that process right. of doing those basic kinds of things to check against the machine. You and and what they're saying, what again, what legislators, what what uh, secretaries of their state of saying, like in our state, they're saying, well, we have paper.
0: Now, you're we in Tennessee, them. just for everybody's information, right? You're in Tennessee, is that right? Hmm? You said in your state, you're in Tennessee, right?
1: So they're saying yeah. we have paper, we have paper, and what's the big deal? But you know, okay, we have machines, we have paper. Well, what they're really calling paper now—they've removed the serial number from the ballots, so they hmm. really have no way of verifying at a later point that that's you who who voted. Uh, you know, that that it's an individual who voted. That's their ballot, right? Uh, which is what, what what we should have. We should have a ballot with a little chit on the bottom. We take that home. We can verify that against a central system. It's, right. you know, whatever. So they, they're they saying that the tabulator tape is a, a piece of paper that verifies something. Well, what if something happens in the tabulator, like what happened in Williamson County and what's happened in, So there are 159 counties in Georgia. Uh, Moncla and um, his partner Cross have gotten 67 counties. 65 out of the 67 have this tabulator error where the BMD counter does not match the tabulator tape number. And it's basically what it's done is it's. Um, when it goes through the scanner, for some odd reason, it once an error is triggered in the tabulator, what happened was that people would scan it in and it would kick it back out. They reverse the ballot and say it something's wrong. Couldn't they would it, right? try again. It should never do that. They would try and, and, and keep in mind the reason it should never do that is because, the ballot is a fresh piece of paper. It's just been marked in the BMD. There's no ink spreading anywhere. It's fine. Right. It put it in the tabulator. It's, it's it's not like the voters, you know, sat there and started ripping it apart or marking on it. or I mean, it's just literally two feet away. All right. And so it kicks it back out. But they kept putting it back in. Well, what they didn't know because there's no thing, nothing that comes up on the screen to say, oh, error code E6AB, you know, whatever. Um, they would just keep doing it. Well, at the end of the day, they were like, what the heck? Uh, all these ballots weren't counted. And it basically what it did is it they found out through investigation, because they counted the ballots and verified and whatever, and then they gave it to Dominion and the EAC and all these, you know, the secretary of state, they said their explanation was, we don't know why it's happening, but we do know that it assigned those ballots. It basically marked them as provisional in the mm. tabulator, but it didn't tell anybody. And it also didn't count any of those. Once that error occur- occurred, None of those ballots were counted from that point on. And the voter didn't know. The poll watcher didn't know. Nobody knew when it occurred. There was no indication that it occurred. And let's talk about the most important thing about what I'm saying here. Why would there ever be a provisional marking inside a machine in the United States of America? Provisional (laughs) ballots in the U.S., are human checked, humanly checked. They are cured by humans. They are set aside and physically examined by humans. There should be never anything provisional whatsoever in a machine in the U.S., nor should there be ranked choice voting options, those options should not exist on our machines. So again, anyone who says that these machines are not a problem—I mean, just those problems alone.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I, if it's been always been my thought that if you if you mark a ballot and in, in Alabama we, we we physically mark them with a pen. We don't have an electronic marker system, at least where I vote. But. If you put it in the machine and we put it in the tabulator ourselves before we walk out, and if it was good, you get a green light and you go. If not, it kicks it back and you have to go, I guess, make a new ballot because you screwed it up. And, uh, but again, like you say, it should never be up to somebody to look at it and say, yeah, I believe he meant to vote this way or meant to vote that way. It should be, it's wrong. It either gets thrown away or you, or somebody fixes it there on the spot. I mean, there should there should be no there should never be a committee or a single person or whoever looking at a bunch of ballots and and they get to decide how you voted. That's just wrong.
1: So, so where we should be with this, and the problem is, we've invested in this infrastructure of machines now, right? And there are a lot of lobbyists out there you know, convincing legislators to buy ESNS. We've had problems with that in in our state with election admins and commissioners being pressured to buy certain equipment and it's been denied by secretaries of state. I mean, I interviewed a bunch of people that happened to and they weren't lying. And I mean they weren't talking with each other behind the scenes about this. Like each one of them said the same thing to me. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of money involved in these election machines. And the point is that any machine can be hacked. Right. Um, and we are perfectly capable in the U S of hand marking our ballots, putting them in a box and hand counting them. And especially if you have a ballot, like the one that Mark Fincham has, and that's the, that's the other leg of this chair another leg of the chair um, ballots should be they, they should be uh, randomly serialized they should be uh, have multiple levels of security like RFID QR code watermark uh, you know the ballot that Mark Fincham has uh, you know you shine a light on it um, you can see the the watermark. I mean, it's just like our money, right?
0: Right, so right. It's,
1: it's 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 a way to to prevent counterfeit ballots from being injected into the system. They should have standard paper, standard weight of paper. No one should be able to print ballots in the back room like they did in Georgia and Arizona and multiple other places. You know, there were like you know multiple different types of ballots that were running through these elections, not just from Runbeck. But, you know, people going to copy stores and getting paper and I mean, that shouldn't happen. There should be uh, you should be able to have like a removable piece of paper that's yours where you can go and check according to your, you know, activation code or whatever it might be on the system that your vote as you intended it to be was recorded on the day that you you submitted your ballot. Uh, you know, for the people that you voted for, it's not right. that difficult. We do it no. for all kinds of other things. Why wouldn't we do it for one of the most important things in our country, which is our elections? And the ballots are—I—they're um, I, not that the cost. I think they're like seventy-five cents a piece, and I'm sure that the, if 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 every if every state in the union used one, they would the cost would come down massively. Um, right. You know, just by bulk, you know, supply and demand. So there's just no reason not to use a ballot like this one. And there is a manufacturer in Texas called um, named Authentics, and they're the only ones who do this. And um, I've seen the ballot; it's amazing. And it's not when you consider the cost of the machines, the cost of uh, the the people to certify the machines. The cost of the engineers to come in from the various voting machine companies just to, you know, be there on, uh, you know, for the day of election or for, you know, the early ele- whatever, early voting, you know, just the machines themselves, uh, the, the printers that break down. I mean, there's just no reason, you know, look, in France, what, 70 million people vote? And have a have their results by the by midnight the same day, and they do it the old fashioned way. And there's very little fraud because it's so hard to scale up fraud when when you when you're doing it the old fashioned way.
0: Right, right. And I guess the the other part of the problem we're having is is chain of custody problems, right? So as they move these ballots around, yeah, you know, we had this situation where in the middle of the night, you know, trucks show up. And dump out a bunch, a whole bunch of new. Hey, we've got some more ballots here. So, and there's no way to prove where where they were in that process.
1: Yeah. So, so um, you've got. So go ahead.
0: So real quick. So I I guess the other thing I guess I've seen and uh, and I don't know maybe hopefully. We just got in that mode via the pandemic, but this whole Dropbox mail-in ballot thing is just something again that's um, it's it's just a great opportunity for somebody to uh, to basically right. cheat. You know,
1: so early voting, other than voter rolls, early voting is the main vector for fraud. Um, it goes on way too lo- way too long. Then with the pandemic, they added all of the um, uh, mail in mass mail in ballot options, Um, you know, not and I'm not talking about this small group of people, small universe of people who have to apply for an absentee ballot, have to verify who they are to get one, you know, like uh, overseas military or people like my husband who works in another state, um, you know, maybe an elderly person here and there. I mean, there and the drop boxes, i mean the 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 stupidest thing about the drop boxes is what half of them either were monitored but monitored so poorly you couldn't really see anything um, or were't monitored at all. And right. allowed for NGOs to collect ballots and then dole them out and for these mules to go around to all these different drop boxes. And, um, you know, put multiple ballots in drop boxes.
0: So for listeners who may not have seen it, that was documented um, really well by uh, 2,000 Mules, a little uh, movie done by Dinesh D'Souza. Mm -hmm. And it was based on the work done by True the Vote, right? Mm -hmm. Where they had gone off and looked at the cell phone records and matched that up against uh, the drop boxes. And they had basically had the goods on these guys that were showing up and, and they could match that up with the video and they see these these mules, these people that were um, dropping in five, ten ballots at a time.
1: So, right. And and you know, the the sad part about that I mean it was good that the movie was made, but first of all, Dinesh D'Souza is not the person who did that investigation. That no no right it was true the vote quickly. right. Um, I know, you know that, but a lot of people don't. Right. And secondly, when you heard AG, former AG Barr, talk about that, so, um, you know, with such disdain, I would call it, um, I mean, it's just complete BS. I mean, I was so irritated with him because, um, he's like, Oh, you know, it's so silly. There weren't a lot of videos. It, the video doesn't matter whatsoever. What matters is this data that they right. bought and then tied through the pinging and their cell phone, uh, you know, identification, the IMEI or whatever, however they collect it. I mean, the FBI, intel, our intelligence agencies use that stuff all the time. They've been the time. using it for years. And in fact, they used it for January 6th. How come it works for January 6th? I mean, if you don't think that they weren't tracking the people who showed up for January 6th for weeks before that, then you've got another thing coming. I mean, through the boat, use data that our intelligence agencies use all the time. The only difference is that they cannot take it the next step, which is what is so sad about that. What has happened with that? They can't do with that information what the FBI or, or uh, an investigative body, you know, a legal invest, you know, um, you know, uh, a sheriff or whatever can do right. You know, they're not allowed to look at personal information on that phone or, you know, who it is, but they know that there are individual phones that went to those places. And, of course, they ruled out the people that went only two or three times. They looked at <laughs> they tried to look at people who were going back 10 times, you know, or more than I think it was more than five times. Um and then later, more than ten times to the same ballot box or a circuit of ballot boxes or a route of ballot boxes on a given day, and that's the most important takeaway from that. And I actually wrote a a debunking piece to an AP article that came out that you know tried to convince people that the true the vote you know I don't know who they were working for or on behalf of, but um, try to convince people that what True the Vote was saying was a bunch of malarkey and that that doesn't matter and the video wasn't good and they couldn't see anything. It had nothing to do with anything. Seeing something or not would have been nice to be able to see things more clearly, of course, but the right. most important thing was the fact that these people were going back again and again and again and dropping you know, 10 to 15 ballots in a box. I mean, that's just, it's not legal in the state of Georgia to do that
0: and now there's a I can't remember the name of the group Some uh, there's a lady who started an organization to basically get volunteers to watch those drop boxes right um, yeah
1: Melody. Yes.
0: Melody Yeah, Melody yeah Mel. what's, her, what's her name what's her organization called it's um, called uh,
1: I wrote an article about it yeah you see here
0: Um, protect the vote is that it or clean elections I can't remember
1: Well, she started in Arizona. It's now in a lot of states. She's got...
0: Now... Yeah, I I heard or read somewhere that... Yeah, Melody...
1: Clean Elections USA.
0: Okay, Clean Elections USA. There you go. And uh, now I've heard that people are going after them because they say that's uh, election interference or or whatever. I was just
1: going to say, we have to be really careful about that because... You are allowed to observe that activity, but you're not allowed to interfere with it.
0: Right. You can't go up and talk to them. You can't go up and.
1: It's just like you can't do that at the polls. You can't wear, you know, a Trump shirt and Trump hat and you can't um, talk with other people about how they're voting. Like it's it's electioneering. You can't do that. Right. Um, So, you know, we do have to be and. I mean, I think she's trained people, but you know, human beings can be really stupid sometimes and do stuff that they shouldn't do, you know. So it, it it opens it opens some possibilities for some problems and of course with the way that our government in DC is now weaponizing agencies against people who are questioning, you know, just people who are questioning, you know, validly questioning something that they see you know calling them election deniers and next thing you know they're domestic terrorists because they're quote-unquote interfering with elections just like they called you know people parents who showed up at school board meetings the same thing i mean that's the danger that's the territory we're in now um and i know for a fact that they're i've i've gone through all of their documents the ones that are i could find that are Somehow public. I mean, it's impossible to find the stuff. I mean, you have to really dig and dig and go through their um, through CISA and then look at their propaganda. And it's truly pop propaganda. If you look at CISA and their mismisdis and malinformation documents, um, the kinds of um, you know they've got graphic novels to educate people. They've got um, conferences. They're working with the Stanford Observatory groups and you know, all sorts of, and they're all left-wing groups, all of them. Um, you know, there there are some Republicans s- kind of scattered here and there. Like I saw one conference with this election task force, and there wasn't a, re- a Republican in the mix, and he tried, and he was just completely ganged up on by everybody in the meeting. Right. And really cowed by, you know, apologizing for saying very valid things. That's the problem. It's just there's so much um, political stuff going on with our elections, and um, people who really want things to go well are are being labeled and then intimidated. And, you know, some of them don't want to work now. They don't want to work at polls the election administrators in, in Georgia seasoned ones are being fired cuz they dared question or you know brought a uh, an objective company to image the drive like they did in Coffee County I mean it's just it's terrible what's going on
0: didn't uh, didn't Mark Burnevic refer uh, the FBI to True the Vote to try to basically intimidate them and and he's he's supposedly a, a Republican yeah, he AG, did. right?
1: And, and and I honestly, I mean, okay, I wasn't there in the room, but I was interviewing Catherine Engelbrecht, who is founder of True the Vote, months ago when she delivered those documents to Bernovich, and the Secretary of State. You know, his people. Maybe it's not directly to him, but his people, and so. I was in real time interviewing her about that. And then months later for him to come out and say he never got anything. I mean, just the GBI said the same thing, you know, oh, we didn't get anything. And then, uh, you know, later on, once Catherine and her team started fighting it, then they're like, oh, well, we have it, but we can't use it. I mean, I'm not sure where he's coming from on all of that, because um, the, the stuff going on with just even the basic documents that she's given these, I mean, even, I mean, there are people in Pinal, you know, County that have been arrested mean, you know, they're being slapped on the wrist, but they've been found, you know, they've admitted to voter uh, fraud activity. Um, you know, one spending 30 days in jail, which is nothing, but I mean, at least they're prosecuting election crimes. I mean, that, that, that's the other problem we have is that, We catch people, but we don't prosecute them. And and we don't, and and when we prosecute them, we give them, you know, even when we do, we don't do like 30 days in jail, you know, and a small fine. is just not enough to discourage people who want to do things like that. They just pop up elsewhere and do the same thing. Right. I don't know where, I don't know where Mark is coming from on that. I did speak with both Mark Bencham and Sonny Borelli about that, and they don't. They don't think that Mark's telling the truth. Hmm.
0: So so we have these NGOs that are getting Zuckerbucks and things like that, and they're basically basically using those to pay off these mules who are dropping dropping stuff in drop boxes, right? I mean that's well, it's, but it's not at least they
1: did last time. That's a very small part of it. The yeah. NGOs, what Mark Zuckerberg did is he had operatives, political operatives, longtime political oper- political operatives. Like Spitzer and you know several others, who were speaking directly with election directors in the various counties, and getting them to agree to do things, you know, have get out the vote things in specific areas, and only putting a couple in a couple of red places, and 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 mostly in blue areas, you know, the vote in the park thing, and
0: right.
1: um, you know, wasn't just. The drop boxes that they funded. They also were behind a lot of collusion with election officials to get out the vote and go to nursing homes and register people to vote. And in a very biased way, right. uh, you know, they would they would throw conservatives a bone here and there. But when you look at the balance of where they went and what, you know, who they targeted, it was nowhere close to anything that would be fair or should have ever been. I mean, it's it's election tampering for a private company to work with government officials to fund activities to get out a certain vote of a political persuasion. And that's exactly what they were doing. And they're continuing to do it. They're just not doing it. The same way they did it the last time, you know, and in, in Wisconsin, for example, they, they, they now have a law against drop boxes, but lo and behold, they still have mobile voting. Well,
0: I mean, the same thing
1: (laughs) running around the state of Wisconsin into blue counties, registering voters. How is that different? Right. And especially if you've got, you know, you've been told to, to target blue areas. And again, this is not about look, both Republicans and Democrats cheat, all right? 100%. There right. there are a lot of bad apples in both parties. But I would say that in terms of the massive widespread cheatings, especially because some of these major cities are blue, and run by Democrats, you know Philadelphia is notorious, San Francisco, L.A., um, you know Baltimore,
0: Chicago, <laughs>
1: Chicago, um, you know five cities in Wisconsin. You know, all you need to do is capture those blue cities with those corrupt Democrat politicians, and with especially with the margin of of the win that that happened in the 20 you know where you've got states that that were within 10,000 votes you know and 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 that's the thing that that really we need to emphasize you know before I go today it's like it's death by a thousand cuts if you've got a margin a, a win margin or however you say that um just just like what Peter Navarro wrote in his reports about what happened in the election so the numbers are all there Okay. You've got ten thousand in one state, and eleven in another, twenty in Pennsylvania, whatever it was that Biden won by. But you've got machines that are miscounting in counties. One county, three hundred sixty-eight. Another, twelve hundred. Another, twenty-three hundred. Okay, and then you've got um, mules running around de- delivering ballots to, to to in the thousands, and then you've got Get Out the Vote, and you've got. You know, dirty voter rolls where you're inserting gear in it. So all of that cumulative activity is going to add up to way more than that win margin, and it's not hard to do at all.
0: Right. So the, so I guess going forward, at least for the midterms, everybody, the only way to fix, only only thing to do in the short term is just to overwhelm them, overwhelm them with, with if. If you're going to vote red, vote red and just get a ton of them so that there's so much margin, they can't cheat enough to to pass that margin.
1: We really need to understand. Now, there is a lot of talk about how a county might not have enough ballots when you show up or, you know, things change that day. An emergency comes up and then you don't end up voting. However, the best way to do this, to get your vote to count Democrat or Republican, doesn't matter is show up at the polls on Election Day and just put on your big girl and boy panties and wait in line and suck it up. And, you know, a lot of employers allow you to go vote. I mean, they should allow you to go vote. They don't then vote early, but vote in person. But if you have the ability to vote in person on Election Day, do it because it's really the only way to mitigate the... You know, mitigate the possibility of fraud
0: right, in the right, Well, I think we're we're about to run out of time here, uh, Wendy. But uh, I really appreciate uh, you talking with us, and uh, it's been really informative. Hopefully, hopefully we'll we'll get back together again, and we'll some of these things we can maybe have fixed at the state levels. But anyway, thanks thanks again for for being here.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Facts for What Matter podcast. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to catch our future episodes.